cannot see anybody around him, he doesn't have any feeling of any sort. So a sleeping person is similar, he's not the same exactly, but he's similar. People walk in and out, walk around him, he doesn't know he's fast asleep, he didn't see who came and went. Somebody is talking, they're not talking too loudly, but they're talking, he doesn't hear it, he would have heard it had he been awake, but he doesn't hear it because he's sleeping. So he is likened to a, sleep, to a dead person. So when he was sleeping, he was like a dead person. And in fact, Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif says that Allah Ta'ala takes the soul of people when they sleep. Allahu yatawaffal anfusahina mawtiha wallati lam tamut fi manamiha. When a person passes away, Allah Ta'ala takes his soul up completely. And a person is sleeping, Allah Ta'ala takes his soul away to a point. As a result of which he is likened to a dead person. Now he was almost like gone. And he opened his eyes till the next morning. So this is a gift of Allah Ta'ala that he is still breathing, he is still alive. He still got a chance to make amends. He still has an opportunity to come back to Allah Ta'ala. So to make shukar for this great na'mad, Alhamdulillah, ahyana, all praise due to Allah Ta'ala who gave us life after death. But wa ilayhim nushur, now a person is starting off his day, but he's reminding himself, wa ilayhim nushur, one day I'll, wake, I'll sleep in this world, I'll wake up in akhirat. One day I'll go to sleep in this world, I won't wake up in this world. I'll wake up in the hereafter. And everybody will be resurrected in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. So now a person hasn't yet started his day, he's reminding himself of the day of Qiyamah. And a person who has the day of Qiyamah in front of him, he'll live his day in a way where inshallah he won't have a problem on the day of Qiyamah. That is why in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Tabarakal ladhi biyadihi al-mulk وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةِ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah Ta'ala has created death and life. And this whole system of death and life is to test you. Who does the best of actions? Now, apparently to our mind, the logical sequence would have been, Allah Ta'ala created life and death. Because life comes, a person lives first and then he dies. Allah Ta'ala says he created death and life. Mufassirin explained that the reason for this sequence is that a person who keeps his death in front of him, he'll live his life correctly. His life would become a worthwhile life. Who the person who has death in front of him all the time? The person doesn't have death in front of him, then he'll regard himself as free to do what he wants. And that he's got nothing to worry about, life will carry on, he'll do what he wants, and he has so many contacts all over the place, so he'll get away with anything. If he is stuck somewhere, he'll just make a few calls and everything will be sorted out for him. So now a person who forgets death, he'll only keep thinking in this way, but then that day comes when all those calls, he can't even make a call. Somebody makes a call to him, he can't even respond and reply. And then no contacts will be of any avail. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُوا وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ That day, neither a person's wealth or his children will be of any avail to him. Only thing that will be of real value is a person came with a purified heart to Allah on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the lesson that a person needs to keep his life in such a way that if his death had to come suddenly, he is ready to meet Allah
So the lesson that we were actually discussing is that now this is the first moment of the morning a person has barely opened his eyes, it's long before Fajr is still, and he's starting off his day, Nabi Salaam teaches us with dua. Then if a natural human need that he wants to go to relieve himself, before entering the toilet there's dua. After leaving the toilet there's dua. I said, start making his wudu, there's dua before wudu, there's dua during wudu, there's dua after wudu. He's going to leave his home, there's dua. He's going to enter the masjid, there's dua. He's going to leave the masjid, there's dua. He's going to come back home, there's dua. All these duas, we might wonder, then what else is left? Will I have time to do anything else? But these are very simple, very easy, very short duas. They hardly take a few seconds now, some of them. 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, half a minute. And it might sound like very, very difficult. But if a person takes one one dua for a whole month, write it down, ask somebody to teach it to him, and practice on that one dua for the whole month. So within days he would know it easily. Then he takes the next one, after he has got this very firmly in, then he adds the second one, then he adds the third one, they are very beautiful kitabs, prepared with all these simple duas. But these du'as fill a person's day and night with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So all the time connecting himself. We hear of the better connection, this is the best connection. The connection with Allah Ta'ala. And this connection with Allah Ta'ala is developed in all these ways. And one of the very effective ways is du'a. So one is these masnoom du'as. These du'as of the different occasions. And then apart from that, we see in the life of Nabi Wasallam in his day and night, there was time which was dedicated for formal du'a. So one is a person now, he's walking, he's busy doing whatever, and the occasion comes, the du'a he recites. But together with that, time to be dedicated to ask from Allah Ta'ala directly. And beg all his needs. Unfortunately, we often when we have some difficulty, some problem, whatever it is, some need we have, we will ask somebody to help us, we'll go to something for some kind of assistance, whatever the case is, within the limits of Sharia, there is leeway for that too. person needs some help with something, he doesn't have the ability to do some work, he wants somebody to help him, no problem in asking somebody to assist him. There is some leeway for all that. But in everything that we need, the starting point is to ask Allah. The starting point is to beg from Allah. And then, Whatever is meant to be adopted in terms of the means, we'll adopt. But the starting point is to ask for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is the one that puts it in the hearts of whoever Allah Ta'ala wills. Then that person will assist. Otherwise, if Allah Ta'ala doesn't put it in somebody's heart, he won't do it. He won't be able to do it. If he wants to do it also, he won't be able to do it. So this aspect of dua must become part and parcel of our life and ask dua of everything in the hadith sharif becomes a person needs shoelace that's just an example of something very insignificant that too big dua ask Allah Ta'ala when a person starts begging from Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala opens the doors for him and insan is such that if you ask insan once, twice, three times then he's going to get tired and then he's going to start avoiding us and Allah Ta'ala's situation, Allah Ta'ala is, his system is different. The more we beg from Allah Ta'ala, the more happier he gets with us. 
So this aspect of dua must become alive. Dua for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Dua should become part and parcel of our life. Then this, among the various duas that Nabi Islam has made, one is this beautiful little dua. All the duas are actually like a whole ocean in a teacup. There's volumes of knowledge in every line of dua. And on the one side, these are du'as. On the other side, these are ta'aleem. That is, Lassam, by means of the du'a, is teaching the ummah. And giving very deep lessons to the ummah. So in this du'a, Nabi Lassam used to make, Allahumma a'inni bil ilm. Ya Allah, you assist me with ilm. Because without the proper knowledge, a person can't do anything correctly. And he will do some things which he would think he did something right, but if he did it without knowledge, he'll do it wrong. And if he'll do it wrong, it won't be acceptable. One person was hearing one Juma Bayan, one talk of Juma, some Alim was giving a talk, and in the process, in passing, he just mentioned the three furs of Husal. One child in one madrasa was asked, What are the three furs of Husal? Now he didn't know it was exam, but now he had to say something, hoping he'll get some marks maybe. So now he didn't know what the first of Husal was, so he said, well, hot water, towel and soap. But obviously that didn't get him any marks. Maybe if he got a hiding, some marks would have come as a result of that. <laughs> but now this person sitting in this Juma talk, and in passing, the person giving, normally this is not the case to discuss Messiah from you know, Juma gathering or anything. In this passing, he just mentioned it. That these are the three furs of Musal. And one of the aspects that even the mouth must be rinsed completely from head to toe, every the mouth and the nose, he mentioned that as well. So later that evening, one person phones in. And he says, but I didn't know about this. Now he's a person who's married for many years. He's got grown-up children. He's been for Hajj and Umrah and he's performing his Salah regularly and now he didn't know his furs also to gargle the mouth. Now in between, how many, before he actually gargled his mouth at maybe some later stage, if he did it, or put water into his nostrils, now in that interim part when he was requiring a husal till then, he read some namazes maybe. Allah was blessed, he might have made tawaf if he went for Hajj at that time. What not might have happened, but he didn't have this basic ilm, basic knowledge. As a result of which that salah of his is not valid, because his taharat is not made. The purity and taharat which is the key of salah that was not in place. So now he's carrying on, he's doing things, he's feeling he's doing things, but it's adding up to nothing. Whatever he's doing is adding up to nothing. Because he didn't have the basic ilm, the basic knowledge. This is the first important aspect that the basic knowledge is something we must acquire. And in every community, mashallah, they are the ulama ikram present. We go to them, ask them, inquire from them. All the basics, one, one thing at a time, learn and inquire about all the aspects of taharat, of salah. Then if zakat is compulsory upon us, the aspects of zakat, the month of Ramadan comes, fasting, if Qurbani is compulsory upon us because we have that amount of wealth, we inquire about the details of that. And 
whatever other basic aspects of deen which pertain to us, we acquire. Otherwise, we'll be doing many things, but it will be coming to nothing. Then the other aspect of ilm is, we take ilm from the right sources. Nowadays, there's a flood of information. But all information is not film. There's a flood of information through the media and through the websites and through everything. But is everything the same? No, some of it is very far away from the truth. Some of it is very far away from the correct aqidah and belief. Some literature that is been put out in the market is actually things that in the name of Islam is taking a person away from Iman and Islam. They are very, very deviated and corrupted things in the middle of everything else which looks very good. Now a person is reading that and is captivated, sounds so interesting, and then in between he comes and he's taken away in a different direction. Sometimes he's gone in the direction of now having some kind of doubts about the Sahaba Ikram because of what he read. Whereas the Sahaba Ikram are those personalities who Allah Ta'ala made them the criterion of Iman. The people are told you believe like how the Sahaba believed. If you want your Iman to be correct, then you must have Iman like the Sahaba. What they had Iman on, you must have Iman on. But those personalities, Allah Ta'ala made the standard, the yardstick for Iman. Now a person, he read something, he doesn't know better. Because of what he read now, because the rest of everything sounded very nice, he takes this also wholesale. And before he knows it, his heart is now sitting with these doubts. And then the doubts grow into something worse. And every now and again, these are things we need to be very, very alert about. Every now and again, there are these kind of incidents, somebody comes along with his son, somebody, his brother, whatever the case is, please talk to him. What happened? The person is saying, no, I, I now don't believe in all these things. One youngster on his so-called Facebook page, deface actually. So, he put there that I decided to start my year, uh, at the beginning of the year this happened, with being honest with my parents. He wants to be honest with his parents. Sounds very nice, mashallah, to be honest. But honest about what he wants to be honest about. That, na'uzubillah, now he's writing on his Facebook page. Allah knows best how these things work, but now everybody is reading this, that he no more believes in all these things. He's no more, na'uzubillah, he gave up iman. And then he even states further that I am now the person who people will call a heretic. And he's openly declaring this. Now where did this start from? The same, that person reads anything, listens to anything, without being concerned about who is listening to. Who is, what is reading? Before he reads the book, he will read the author. Is this author authentic? Have the ulama ikram in general endorsed this author? And if that's not the case, he's putting himself in great danger. One person read one book, and after having read the book, Inawazubillah started having doubts about the justice of Hazrat Umar whose justice was really unique. That personality who Nabi Islam says, Lakana Ba'di Nabiyan, Lakana Umar. Had there been a Nabi after me, Rabbi Umar radiallahu This person is doubting about Hazrat Umar Having ill feelings in his heart, Nawazubillah, about Hazrat Umar radiallahu He read one book, and that book from 
beginning to end, hundred and some pages, excellently written. It just carried the, right, the, the reader along. And very beautifully presented, very well, the writing style, etc. is very captivating. And somewhere, I deep down into the book, after the person has now been totally taken into the grip of the author, he comes with a paragraph towards the end somewhere, to now drive the person away from the Sahabai Kram. Hazrat Mufti Mahmoud Sahabai mentioned one Yahudi, one Jew. He wrote a book, thick book, more than 100 pages, about Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud Now a Yahudi, a Jew, and what interest does he have in Abdullah bin Mas'ud And he wrote several, well, over 100 pages of all his virtues, everything correct. Everything correct. Now when a person, and with all the references and everything, a person is reading it, one page, ten pages, fifty pages, hundred pages, and everything is perfect. So now he is hundred percent taken into the hands of the author. And now somewhere towards the end, he writes something from his own side, that he sometimes, just in order to support the rulers, he used to even fabricate some hadith now. That got no reference. Because that, that is a false thing. It's a false statement, it's a totally, it's a lie. But now, when the person read 100 pages, everything was correct, he doesn't even think about questioning anything else further. And now, this was that one line for which this person wrote this 100 pages. And he leaves now, everything is wiped out. Everything is wiped out in that one go. One youngster, he got proposed, got engaged. Now, when a person gets proposed, engaged, this is not the nikah. Unfortunately, somebody gets engaged, there is no such a thing as engagement in Islam, it's not over. That proposal now, he's proposed, is a promise now to go ahead with this and get married. So now some time is required, some time in between, whatever the reasons are. So, now many people mistake this for now, everything is already as good as nikah. But as that's not the case, no communication is permissible. They are just as strangers to each other like anybody else on the road. But now this person, it was wrong what he was doing, he was communicating now. So one day suddenly he came out of shock to ask now, is it still okay to marry this girl? So why was the problem? You see, you know, in this communication she says that, how can we accept one man's word about the Qur'an being the word of Allah. One man who she is referring to, Billah, she is saying, how can we accept Nabi Islam's word that this is the word of Allah? Allah? Accepting one man's word? Yes. How can we do that? Everything about Nabi Islam, even his worst enemies, had to acknowledge that there wasn't anybody more truthful than him. There wasn't anybody more honest than him. There wasn't anybody more trustworthy than him. And before, long before Islam, the, the, the word came, Already they gave him these titles. And he's going to be trustworthy and honest with insan and he's going to lie against Allah. All that is a detailed topic on his own. But this poison of kufr, where it came from? The same thing. Hearing anything, reading anything, not in concerned about being careful about what a person is reading, what he's listening to, has got any channel on and any. Well, Airwaves, listening, anything that's coming through, anything through the social media, everything is okay. 
As a result, by the time a person finishes off, he doesn't know where he is. So this is a very, very crucial thing that we must be very selective. We go to the Ulamai Kiram in our community and inquire that this is a book I want to read, is it okay? And if it's not okay, then we keep it away. We don't even have to get into the discussion about it. They know better. And to be selective about what we listen to also. Because there's a flood of things being said, and a flood of things being written. And in that flood, there's so many things coming. Allah Ta'ala protect us. So this is the first aspect. Allahumma a'inni bil ilm. Ya Allah, you assist me with ilm, with knowledge. Then the second thing Nabi Islam says was, Zayyinni bil hilm. Ya Allah, you adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. Adorn me. Now this hilm is a part of akhlaq. And akhlaq, good character, this is adornment. This is the real beauty. The beauty is the beauty of character. Otherwise, everything else is perishable, it will lose its luster, with time it will all be gone, but the inner beauty will remain. And it is really the inner beauty that is worth everything. If there is some deficiency on the external self, but there is beauty inside, it will make up for that. But the other way around, it doesn't work. If a person gets married, and he gets married to somebody who was, after very great effort, he managed to finally convince the father and whatever else. And now, he finally got married to somebody, she, somebody whose beauty is proverbial, best beauty around, and very wealthy, and she now finally got married, and she came with all that jewelry and the finest garments. And so now, He's maybe for a couple of years he's been trying to convince the father that you know what I want to get married to your daughter and after all the several years of finally after effort he comes right so now what would be his situation that he finally got married and now in the first meeting with his wife she talks to him very abruptly very rudely so already he'll think now maybe he'll shake his head he must wake up now the nightmare must finish because it can't be true but it's going to shake him. And then before the night has passed already, she's already using vulgar languages on him. So, if this is how that first day goes, the next day, now she's still the same person, not 50 years later, it's one, 24 hours later. So her beauty hasn't changed in any way. And all that wealth and jewelry and the finest garments, everything is still there. But already there's his heart is almost turned away completely. And if this carries on for another one, two days, it will become painful for him to even look at her. And he'll be working out how he can run away from there. Now the external beauty is all there. But the inner beauty was missing. When the inner beauty was missing, all the external beauty also lost its value. Now to even look at the person became painful. Now it's easy to take example of somebody else. That a person got married and the wife was like that. But our example was the other way around also. That to reflect upon ourselves. What is my akhlaq? 
have I got the adornment of good character? <coughs> is my akhlaq such? Sometimes people make dua, Allah give this person very high stages in general, give him shahadat quickly. <laughs> One person was in a, something happened, he went into a coma. When he went into a coma, they thought he passed away. So in any case, they gave ghusl, etc., kafan, everything. Then eventually now everybody is sitting around crying, his wife is crying. Now the time came to take the janazah, so the sons came, that is the janazah, now they are walking the janazah to the Qabristan. And on the way, there was a low-lying branch. Now this person was in a coma, he hadn't passed away. There was this low-lying branch, and while walking the janazah, they didn't notice this low-lying branch. So the janazah, it knocked that branch, and that knock it jolted him. So he came out of the coma. When he came out of the coma, he sat up. In any case, they might have got shocked first, but then everybody was quite happy, mashallah. Everything, they brought him back home, and carried on. Some time passed, whatever, one, two years, then he passed away. Uh, he passed away, so he really passed away. Now they had to process again, Usal, Kafan, etc. Now the Janada is there, wife is crying. Now the time came to take the Janada, so the sons came in. And the sons came in, so the wife called one son close to her ear, called, brought his ear close to herself, and she was putting his ear, Today, when you're awake, watch out for that tree. Because <laughs> <laughs> he came this time, I come back. <laughs> Make sure you take it properly and put it inside. <laughs> this might be somebody just said something for the lesson and the moral, but nevertheless it's something to reflect on. What is my akhlaq? What is my character? Am I as akhlaq? The sum total of akhlaq is to deal with the servants of Allah Ta'ala in such a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. This is the sum total of akhlaq. And Allah is pleased with, us, with a person dealing with others in such a way that he gives no taklif to anybody. He doesn't cause any difficulty to anyone. Neither by means of any word, by means of any deed. He's a source of comfort for everyone. But this is the adornment, this is beauty. This is the true adornment which covers up for any deficiency externally. So Nabi starts me saying, Ya Allah, you adorn me with what? With hilm, with tolerance. And a person who has been blessed with tolerance, sabr, patience, all this is interlinked. This is a very, very, very great blessing. It makes his own life very much more pleasant and easy. And it makes the life of those around him also easy and pleasant. If he's got sabr, he'll be able to take because insan is insan, dunya is dunya, this is not jannah. There's going to be all kinds of situations that will come. Sometimes we'll make a mistake, somebody else will make a mistake sometimes. Sometimes we step up and say something by mistake, which might not have been something to say. The same happens to others also. <coughs> sometimes somebody didn't mean something, they blurted something out. Somebody made a mistake in some how they did something, how they handled something. And all kinds of other situations happen. <coughs> but the person who has sabr, he will be able to take it in his style and dismiss it.
the person who has sabr will be able to take many things in his stride and he'll be able to carry on without getting overwhelmed. Rasulullah the Quraysh used to compose poetry against him. Abu Lahab's wife was one of the people in the forefront of this. Now the purpose of that poetry was to insult, to cause hurt, to cause pain. And words do cause pain. Sometimes it says, well, stick and stones will break bones, but words won't hurt. That's not right. Words hurt more than sticks and stones. The stick and stone will hurt the surface. Words pierce the heart. So, person sometimes says, well, don't worry about what I said now. What we said means a lot. It can bring a lot of good also, and it can cause a great amount of damage as well. That's why in the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that among the things that will take people most to Jahannam is what their tongues have earned. What comments a person made, what statements he just blurted out, he said something hurtful to somebody, made rebirth, all this is in the tongue. So in any case, this aspect that helm and the sabr and tolerance, of course now the Quraysh used to make this poetry of Ulam's wife, she used to now compose this hurtful poetry and in that she used to even distort the Mubarak name of Nabi Sallallahu And she used to distort the name to give the total opposite meaning. Now it's obvious who the reference was to. Nabi Sallallahu sometimes would be, he would come to know of this, somehow it would come to his ear also that this is what was said. When it would be said, Nabi Sallallahu would dismiss it how? So just look at how Allah Ta'ala saved me from the hurtful comments of the Quraysh. That the Quraysh, they are, they are making their comments and insulting and hurting abuse on somebody by the name of Muzammam. I'm Muhammad, I'm not Muzammam. Whoever is Muzammam, they're talking to him. Now, who the reference they were referring to was obvious. But Nabi Islam is teaching us, just deflect it. Don't even bother about it, let it pass. Now who can do that? Somebody who has this tolerance. Somebody who has this hill. He can easily deflect it. Now his own life is now quite light and comfortable because he didn't get into it. He didn't go headlong into it and now many a times somebody makes a hurtful comment and then somebody else. So now we take it very deeply and then we keep it with. Now this is like carrying baggage. Now one person said something that's like one bag on the head. Somebody else, another bag. Now this finally, this one dozen bags on the head, who's getting crushed under the weight? And the people who made that comment, they forgot about it. They carried on with life and nothing happened. Though that's something a person is accountable for the day of Tiamat. But for us, what it benefited us to keep it. For that moment we would have said, we felt hurt, it's insan, we are human, it'll happen. But a person who's got sabr, he'll get over it very quickly. And he'll let it pass. If there's something recoverable, then he'll go about recovering it in a dignified manner. But if it is something that doesn't, nothing to recover also, let it pass. And keep his life light. So a person who's got helm and sabr, he'll live his life very light. And he'll be a source of comfort for others also. So Imam Abu Hanifa, he is sitting in a gathering 
Uh, he's the Imam of the time. Just to understand in our minds that what respect and honor will give the Imam of the Haram Sharif. Are we talking of a person in that caliber and beyond that? That's just for our understanding in our context. A person of that caliber, Imam of the world, and one person comes and in the midst of the gathering he slaps Imam of Hanifa. Imagine ourselves that, let alone in the midst of one gathering, somewhere where nobody else saw also, somebody did this to us, what will be our immediate reaction? Imam, Hanifa looks at him calmly and he says to him that, look, you have slapped me, if I slap you in return, I will be entitled to that. An eye for an eye, if you hurt me, I will hurt. If I hurt you in equal proportion, then I'm entitled to it. I can take revenge in equal proportion. But I won't do that. If I want, I can ask my friend seated here to take revenge on my behalf. That too I'll be entitled to. But I won't do that also. If I want, I can go to the Qazi and lay a complaint and he'll take revenge on my behalf. I'll be entitled to that. But I won't do that also. If I want, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. And on that day, I will demand to be compensated for the harm you did to me. And that day I'll take your good deeds in return. But I won't leave it for that day too. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give me Jannah. If Allah Ta'ala gives me the permission to intercede on behalf of anybody, I will intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannah. Now this is a heart. And this is why we're sitting now so many centuries later and we are still taking inspiration from this incident because he had this beauty. His beauty is still shining centuries later. This is the real adornment. This is what we have to work towards and this comes from the being in the company of and associating with the people of Akhlaq. So these things they are things which come from association. This love of Allah Ta'ala and this akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu these are things that come from association. It's not something that can be acquired from a book alone. That is very helpful to give a person the understanding. But the application of it he learn in the company of people of akhlaq. So, this is the second lesson that we get from this dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah adorn me with hilm. Adorn me with this beautiful tolerance and the sabr. This is something which is a very very great gift from Allah Ta'ala. It's something nevertheless to acquire, to make an effort for. And when a person makes an effort for something, Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for him. Then the third thing Nabi Islam says, وَأَكْرِمْنِي بِالتَّقْوَىٰ Ya Allah, honor me with taqwa. The taqwa is where there is honor. Honor is not in anything else. The person who is most honorable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is the person with taqwa. لَا فَضْلَ لِعَرَبِيِّنَ عَلَىٰ عَجَمِيِّنَ وَلَا فَضْلَ لِأَحْمَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ أَسْوَىٰ Nabi Islam said to the Sahaba, that look, no Arab is better than a non-Arab. And no white is better than a black person. The person whose best is in akramakum indallahi atqa. The best person is the one with the best taqwa. The person who has the greatest fear of Allah Ta'ala, who's living his life 
in the way closest to how Allah Ta'ala wants him to live his life, he is the best person. And no matter who he may be. And no matter where he comes from. As Ma'az bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala he is being sent off by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to Yemen as the governor. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is walking along and by the instruction of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he is driving. He doesn't want to but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa instructs him. And then he brings him out to a point and there Nabi sallallahu gives him some further advice. Now he's being sent off, being dispatched as the governor of Yemen and is on this important mission. And then at that point Nabi sallallahu says to him, O Muhammad, perhaps when you return you will pass by my grave. Now this wasn't just some thought, this was something that was being told which Hazrat Muaz understood to be that this is exactly what would be the case. That when I come back, Nabi Islam would have left the world. So now he's aware that this is the last meeting. This is the last meeting, I'm not going to see Nabi Islam alive again. And what can we imagine the love of the Sahaba Ikram for Rasulullah? He began sobbing. Nabi Islam also turned away in the other direction because he was also tearing. And then Nabi Islam finally says to him, O Mu'ad, inna awlan nasi bi al Because now you are going to be away from me, you are very grieved. This is what the crux of it is and what the message was. Al Mu'ad is going so far away and this is the last meeting and you would have loved to be in the company of Nabi Islam. So Nabi Islam is giving him some advice but saying something to him that will apply to Qiyamat. That look, Ma'az, you want to be close to me? So how you want to be close to me? Inna awlan nasi bi al-muttaqoon. The closest person to me, the closest of people to me are the muttaqoon, those who have taqwa. Ayyam man ta'amu wa haythu ma ka'amu. Whoever it may be, wherever he may be. He might be in the furthest corner of the earth, might be on the North Pole or South Pole, and no matter who he may be, Arab or non-Arab, whatever nationality he may be, but if he's got taqwa in him, he's very close to me. And he could be somebody very close to Rasulullah he could have been his blood relative, his own uncle, Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. Nabi Sallallahu shed the same blood, but because they refused to accept his message, they got completely rejected. So the closeness to Nabi Sallallahu is by taqwa. This was the lesson Nabi Sallallahu gave. And we want to be close to him. Every person wants to be close to Rasulullah That closeness is via taqwa. And the crux of taqwa is to refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is the gist of it. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, a person refrains from it. Allah Ta'ala has said, Say to the believing men to lower their gazes, not to look at any haram, but that's the taqwa, that now a person doesn't look at anything Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Whoever it may be, whether it's on the streets, whether it's on his phone, whether it is on the internet somewhere, wherever it is, he's guarding his gaze now. Because Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with him misusing his gaze. But that's taqwa. And he's listening that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. He's speaking, Say to my servants to say that which is best. He's speaking that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Not making ghibad. He's not hurting somebody. He's not speaking 
vulgar things, and whatever else is forbidden, he is keeping his tongue clean and safe from that. That's taqwa. How he conducts his business in the way Allah has commanded, the way Nabi Islam has taught, that's taqwa. He's not taking any haram, he's not getting involved in any haram transaction, he's staying away from interest, he's staying away from bribery and corruption, he's staying away from all things that are forbidden. How he conducts his personal life, his family life, and any aspect of his life, how Allah wants him to come. Conducted. And anything Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, he is making every effort to stay away from it. And his insan, he's a human being, he can slip, he can fall. Allah Ta'ala hasn't made anybody despondent. Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْفُسِهِ Subhanallah, when it comes to this aspect, Allah Ta'ala says, say to my servants, say to my slaves, يَا عِبَادِينَ قُلْ يَا عِبَادِينَ Like a person now saying, this is Mine. Allah Ta'ala is giving us every hope. That look, whatever it is, but you are mine still. But, don't delay it for the eleventh hour. Say to my servants who have transgressed their souls, La taqnatoon min rahmatillah. Don't become despondent and don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Inna Allah yaghfiru al-zunuba jami'a innahu huwa al-ghafoor rahim Allah Ta'ala will forgive Forgive everything, but come back to him. Sincerely turn to Allah. Beg his forgiveness. Beg his help. And make the constant effort to keep walking for him. person can fall. He is a human being, but he won't work out how he's going to fall. He won't sit and plan to fall. Insan is insan. He can slip. A person is going to be going somewhere. He doesn't plan beforehand that there is a certain place there is some muddy water there, there's a puddle there, so I will now walk in such a way that I'm going to fall right in there. If he knows it's a dangerous road, he knows there's some problem there, he's going to work out how to be walking safely past. Now a person knows he has to go out to work, he has to go out to the business place, he has to go out in environments that are filled with all kinds of temptation, all kinds of evil, all kinds of vices. He won't go to try and get involved. When he goes, he will be planning and working and worrying about how to bypass everything without getting caught up in anything. He'll be making dua before he leaves home. He'll be begging Allah Ta'ala's help. He'll be keeping himself engaged in some zikr, in istighfar on top of that, after he comes back. That, Ya Allah, you protect me and safeguard me from the, all the evils in the environment and whatever else is tempting and trying to trap the traps of nafs and shaitan. And he'll be working on how to bypass it. But in the process, by chance he fell, Allah Ta'ala has kept the doors of Tawbah open. But the doors of Tawbah open till when? Malam yughar Until the person now hasn't gone into the first stage of death. When the life has started coming out, it's too late. But when that life is going to start coming out, nobody knows. So a person doesn't have any time to delay. The time is now that a person has to make Tawbah. And turn to Allah and become the true servant of Allah. When a person will keep trying in this way, and what will help him to continue trying to keep himself in the right environments. For the taqwa, ya So you believe, fear Allah Ta'ala, and the process for that is kunu Be the company of the righteous. Be with them, this will keep you going forward. We keep ourselves in the right environment, in the environment of the people of, the, of taqwa, in the company of the pious, 
in the work of deen, the activities of deen that are taking place in our masjids, the ta'deen, the gash, various other amal that take place, we go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and keep ourselves in the environments of deen, in the company of people of deen, this will help us to move forward in taqwa. And if a person adopts company that is negative, then that negativity is going to rub off on him. He adopts company of people of piety, that's going to rub off on him. Al-maru ala deeni khalili. Fal-yanzur ahadukum may yukhalil. Abhi Islam says the person who will follow the way of his friend. So beware of who you befriend. So this is the third lesson we got from this Hadith Sharif of Taqwa. And then of this dua. And the fourth thing Nabi Islam asks for is afiyat. This is the dua. Nabi Islam says a person who has been granted afiyat has got everything. Afiyat is safety from all kinds of difficulties, hardships, calamities. Afiyat in a person's deen, that he doesn't get involved in sin, doesn't get involved in haram, doesn't get involved in things that will destroy his akhirat. Afiyat in dunya, that he doesn't get caught up in calamities, in hardships, in difficulties. Afiyat in his personal life, afiyat in his marriage, afiyat in everything. So to keep making dua for afiyat. Afiyat is a simple word, which means the safety from everything. So this is something to earnestly be started off on the note of dua. This is one of the key duas to keep making. This is one of the very concise things to ask for. A person has asked for afiyat in deen and dunya, he's got everything. So this is something to keep making dua for and beg Allah that has help. So all these aspects are things that we have to bring into our lives. This is this beautiful little dua and this lesson that we discussed right at the beginning. Our day and night, there must be some time for dedicated du'a. Some time to dedicate to du'a to become Allah Ta'ala. And over and above that, over and above that, every now and again, simple way of du'a to continue with is to just keep talking to Allah Ta'ala from our heart. Talking to Allah Ta'ala in du'a, asking Allah Ta'ala all the time, for ourselves, for our families, every now and again, Ya Allah, you make me your true and obedient servant. Now, from the person's heart, he's driving, he's and he's talking to Allah, Allah what, what difficulty was there in it? How much it cost him? How much time was in it? And what effort went into it? But in that very simple way, he's building his connection with Allah. Allah. A person meets somebody for the first time. Now, they're sitting with one another, they don't know anybody. So now he's, how are you? And how, finish after, how are you? And then the next thing now, they think, yeah, I want to talk about, so they talk about the weather. And now how's the weather in your end of the world and our end of the world? But now the weather also is finished, now they don't know whether, whether they should keep speaking or not. But in any case, after some time, they keep meeting a few times, now the conversations start building up. In time now, because of the conversations continuing, this bond and friendship grows to the point now, they can't stop talking to each other. And now this person is saying that, hey, I've got to go now, it's late now, I'm going to be in trouble at home. He says, well, it's already after time. So you are already in trouble, so you might as well make the best of it. Take it one time now. So rather just spend another one hour, because you will catch it in any case. But the way this came from, this came from that constant conversation. Now with insan, this conversation builds this bond. We start conversing with Allah Ta'ala, we build a bond with Allah Ta'ala. And this conversation with Allah Ta'ala is dua. We keep talking to Allah Ta'ala, we keep begging Him, keep asking Him. One is this formal dua, the other is this if you, for the sake of saying it, informal dua. But this constant talking to Allah Ta'ala from our heart, we're driving, we're driving now, a person cannot do many other things, he can't be making namaz at that time. He's not a half so he won't be able to make much tilawat, maybe some portion. 
But this dua is something so simple. And when a person keeps asking Allah Ta'ala, so now in asking Allah Ta'ala, he gets Allah Ta'ala's help. And when Allah Ta'ala's help is with him, he won't get overwhelmed with the challenges of life. Dunya is dunya. There are some challenges that will come, something to somebody, something to somebody else. Dunya is not jannat. Dunya, all these challenges come, but a person who is connected to Allah Ta'ala doesn't get overwhelmed. He also feels pain, he's insane. He also feels hurt. He's insane, he's a human being, he's not some pillar or something. But in that pain also, he is calm and he is content with Allah Ta'ala. So this is the thing to develop our contact with Allah Ta'ala and to build our ta'ala with Allah Ta'ala. One of the very effective things in this regard is this dua. So we keep ourselves in the environments of deen, the people of deen, the effort of deen, and we keep making an effort in this direction. With this constant effort, Allah Ta'ala will open the way for us. Allah Ta'ala grant all of us a tawfiq.